Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 346. My name is Jamie Frevely, a.k.a. No Agent, and today I am joined by... Me. It's Tucker! Tucker's back! Hi, everyone. It's the surprise that nobody asked for, nobody wanted. The prodigal son, nevertheless, returns. He is back because, as you may have heard or seen on your social media, Agent M... Mr. Ryan Panagos is attending E3 in Los Angeles because he's getting all the game news that you're going to want to hear. And trust me, he has seen some stuff that we are all very excited about over here. Yeah, he's out there with Angelique and they're doing some really fun things. Oh, man. That's a great duo right there. Very excellent duo and... I'm just going to tease it right now. Lots of really excellent Marvel Spider-Man stuff for the PlayStation 4. Oh, man. Swip. Swip swinging around. Holy moly. That gameplay footage was so cool. It's bananas good. It's bananas good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. Pause. Stop. Stop right. Stop Stop. what you're doing right now. Stop. Stop listening to this podcast. Go watch and then come back. Okay. Ready? Pause. Okay. Oh, welcome back. How awesome was that? See, now we can talk about it because now you've seen it and now you're on the same playing field that we are where we're all blown away yeah uh so you're running through the raft there's been a breakout there's crazy stuff happening i mean like that's one of like the things i've been wanting to play in a video game in a spider-man video game since going back to like playstation 2 spider-man video games i remember playing that's like i've always loved that idea and then we run into not just mr negative who we've gotten a little glimpse of before but tons, also tons, Electro, tons. Rhino, Scorpion, Vulture, and, and, and we don't know. We don't know someone, someone else. So that, that is a huge secret. Yeah, that awesome tease at the end is so, so, so exciting. Awesome stuff all around. Congrats to the entire Marvel Games team. Congrats yeah. to your man at Marvel, Mr. Bill Roseman. Congrats to Brian Intahar of Insomniac. And, you know, speaking of those two guys. Yeah. Our, our special E3 correspondent, I guess he could be tentatively <laughs> called, yeah. Ryan, has a great interview with those guys, with Bill Roseman and Brian Intahar, about Marvel's Spider-Man. And we're going to be uh, checking that out in a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's going to be good. Oh, it's so good. Bill Roseman, you're a man at Marvel, one of my favorite guys in the world. Always an incredible interview. So stick around, check that out in a little bit. But right now, I think we're going to jump into our picks of the week, right? Let's, let's jump right in. Let's dive right into our picks of the week. Why don't you get us going? Oh, okay. My pick of the week this week is Domino Number no. 3, written by Gail Simone with artist David Baldione, two of my favorite pen pals on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And I, as I said in the poll list, if I could be drawn by any artist, I'd want, I would trust myself to a David Baldione because the way he draws women is really, it makes me want to be drawn as a comic book character. Right, yeah. And it's, it's just really, really fun. And while- He also, he also has such like, great style. Really great style. Like, like there are so many great looks throughout so many different Marvel comics, but there are a few different artists that I think of immediately that immediately come to mind when I think of just like, oh, they have such inventive, creative, cool styles and and outfits and and everything. Whether it's just like casual looks or whether it's like superheroing looks. Yeah, like we had a party. We had a party <laughs> yeah. with Domino, and now they're in. Now they're like in the field or in fighting gear. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. all just it makes fashion sense as well as practical <laughs> right. sense right. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just oh it's so wicked so domino is when we find her she's like not in, not doing great 
there's been a splosion mm-hmm. as at the end of number two, and um, she thinks all of her friends are dead. So while she's thinking that, we flash back to the past and we find out where Domino began, who these people were who were in charge of her childhood, and it's not the childhood you'd hope for, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us had kind of boring childhoods. Domino's was, I think, I'd characterize it as tragic. <laughs> yeah. There are scientists, there are bad guys, bad, bad bald guys in lab coats. It just kind of signals impending doom. Yeah, bad bald guys. Hey, that reminds me, by the way, our Marvel Top 10 this week was, oh, yeah. was uh, greatest bald heroes yeah. of the Marvel Universe. Go watch that. Great. Super fun. Very and super fun. Yeah, just like get a fresh pack of razors, boom, go do a little shave action. Get in the mood. Why not? But speaking of non-hairless, speaking of hair covered, oh yeah, I've been clamoring to see a really cute Marvel cat, mm-hmm. and we got a really cute Marvel cat, and I featured this cat on the pull list, on Marvel's <laughs> The Pull List, and um, her name is Christmas. Uh, things don't look good for Christmas because uh, it very... Not long after we meet Christmas, we flash back to the present and Domino says, finally, I'm an Avenger. Doesn't necessarily mean she's saying it about Christmas. Right. But um, it, it's so, something's making <laughs> Domino not happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why, why else do we seek what, revenge? Who or what is she avenging? Yeah. So she ends up meeting somebody in the very end who is going to take them onto the next leg of their journey. And um, I can honestly say in the last couple of pages, the expressions on Domino's face when she meets a probably what is a very good-looking man, (laughs) I relate to it. I don't have a poker face. Like, I can't hide. I'm a horrible liar. I can't hide my emotions. So if I was to see a guy who is as good-looking as the guy that they're showing, I'd Mm -hmm. probably be making the same exact face. Yeah, honk town. Honk town. I'm also a horrible liar, but uh, that's because I'm not a medieval string instrument. Thank you so much. Oh! Uh, speaking, you know what? Speaking of medieval oh, things, yeah. speaking of medieval kind of tone and inspiration, my pick this week was Thor number one. Oh, yes. Uh, it's written by the indomitable Jason Aaron. Uh, so good. The legend himself uh, with art by Mike Del Mundo, who has color assists from Marco D'Alfonso. And there's a, a secondary story, which is written by Jason Aaron with art by Christian Ward. Uh, Your Thor number five team. That's right. And uh, this is a really cool beginning. It, it kind of, after the events of the mighty Thor, we know that the Odinson is really, you know, he is kind of forced out of his comfort zone in a really, really huge way. And by that, I mean, Asgardia is no more. The Mangog completely destroyed the place. He destroyed the Rainbow Bridge. He blinded Heimdall. There was so much drama that went down in that story. Such incredible, incredible stuff. And in the after effects of that, Many of the weapons that were stored on Asgard and stored, I think, in Odin's vault, they were uh, strewn across the universe. And so we pick this story up with Thor kind of looking to gather all these mystical artifacts and weapons. And that takes him to Midgard, a.k.a. Earth. Mm -hmm. And it takes him to Thailand. Yay! Whoa, cool. Good times. Vacation. Thor in Thailand is awesome. Something I never knew I wanted, but it works so well. And uh, Mike Del Mundo's art kind of capturing oh, man. Uh, that that spirit and um, uh, that vibe is really, really cool. He is after the warlock's eye. 
which uh, was found in Thailand by the disciples of Sitarak. And of course, when we hear that word, we think of one guy, and that is Juggernaut. Uh, Oh, he looks like a big teddy bear. Yeah, he does. He's like a big red teddy bear. He's yeah. just missing the ears. Yeah, with like his weird dome, yeah. dome head. <laughs> there looks kind of like ears. Yeah. Um, of course he's not. Of course uh, he's not. He he's is like, the least teddy bear dude ever. He's terrifying and dangerous. Um, I mentioned it on Marvel's The Pull List, but this is one of my favorite lines of the week. It's in narration. Thor says, I had hoped I could reclaim the eye from their temple without too much bloodshed. Then we turn the page. We had a great, great first reveal of Juggernaut. And he says, hello, bloodshed. They throw down. It's awesome. It's really cool because Thor kind of summons these hammers that are kind of simultaneously being made for him from kind of like a less than pure Uru. He goes and he speaks with his father. It's a real huge cosmic journey uh, that he goes on in this uh, in this issue. And we eventually get to, of all places, the Newark Harbor. Uh, I love this part so yeah, much. <laughs> uh, where he uh, runs into a couple characters. But your favorite that he ran into is, of course... Thori. Thori the dog. Thori the hellhound. Uh, Thori's so cute in this. It's so great. It's like he has such a specific way of speaking. Yeah. But it, it but it's like the perfect combination of like hero plus dog speak yeah. plus like Asgardian. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's so funny. It is hilarious. Like this is a really funny issue and I love funny Thor. Yeah. I, it always surprises me. I, I know that he's not, this is not the first time Thor has been funny especially when he's being written by Jason Aaron. Yeah. But it always catches me off guard when Thor is funny. Yeah, I know. I, because this is such like Thor is dealing with so much at this moment in time. All he has left is his sense of humor. Seriously, I think. yeah. Like I mean, this it's... is, humor comes from a place of darkness and desperation. And um, because that is really your last resort at feeling relief. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, it, that's kind of where Thor is. Yeah, you're so right. So it's a huge uh, start to this Thor story. And I'm so excited to see where it goes from there. But the secondary story, when you go into that, takes place untold eons from now. Which, okay, right off the bat, those are four words. It's already so cool. And it's old man Thor. He has gorgeous flowing gray locks um, and one eye. Uh, As I would imagine (laughs) Thor would have uh, as an old man. Of course, of course. And uh, the, this is where he encounters some space sharks. Space sharks. Uh, so great. Yeah, awesome vegetarian space sharks. And it, it's so cool. It's such an achievement that just all takes place within one issue. Um, because I feel like, as with any great number one, the writer, in this case Jason Aaron, is splintering off so many different possibilities, so many different directions that this story can go. Not just in the primary story, but in this Uh, in this secondary story as well. And as we kind of turn to the last few pages of this book, a really unexpected figure shows up in a really unexpected place and time and everything. I'm so curious how that character got there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how that's realized. When I saw that last page on the train when I was reading it, I actually was, I I may have audibly gasped or went, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Like just a, you know, a nice solid delicate Keanu whoa (laughs) Um, and I think at one point I turned our desks are right next to each Mm -hmm. other and I was like how did this happen yeah 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 (laughs) what led to this (laughs) but it is so cool and I have to say like last page turns or 
I mean, they're not uncommon, mm-hmm. but they're always really like, what? I mean, yeah, in this one especially, it's yeah. it's wild and, and super, super cool. There's also another good one in uh, Punisher this week. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Uh, so much those good are, stuff. Those are our picks. And here, let's tee up Ryan's pick of the week. Yeah. He has a couple. He has Exiles number four and Marvel 2-in-1 annual number one, both of which were favorites of mine this week. Loved yeah. them so much, especially 2-in-1. Thought uh, that annual is such a cool little kind of one-and-done story. Chip Zdarsky, the writer, crushed it. But uh, let's find out what Ryan has to say. Ryan. Hey, thanks, y'all. Jamie, Tucker, appreciate you keeping my seat warm. As I'm sure you guys have mentioned, my picks were new issues of Exiles and Marvel 2-in-1 Annual. Uh, Declan Shalvey, Jordi Belair coming in on some art with Chip for that Marvel 2-in-1. So cool, so cool, so cool uh, on Exiles. Man, I am all about Valkyrie flirting with everybody, especially all the alternate reality versions of Bucky that she finds. It's terrific. Art is great, as always. Story's super cool. So much fun. But I'm not there because I am in LA for E3, biggest video game show in America, and it is so fun. It was a big show this year for Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. Uh, so I, I'm here with Angelique Roche, who is the host of Marvel's Voices. Of course, please check out that show, listeners, if you are not already. We did some stuff for Earth's Mightiest Show together, which you can check out on the EMS Facebook page or on Marvel Social and upcoming uh, or current episodes of EMS. I think it's, yeah, it's actually the episode that went out this week, I'm sure. And so we did that stuff. So what happened? What's the recap? Uh, Marvel Spider-Man came and, and closed out the show for Sony. Uh, showing off this like seven minute sequence, which you can watch on Marvel social channels. It's everywhere. We saw uh, the raft. We saw on top of the villains that we already know, which is uh, of course, Mr. Negative and Shocker. We got new ones, Rhino, Vulture, Electro, Scorpion. It's amazing. It's a very fearsome five, but there seemed to be a mysterious other villain. I know who it is and I will not tell you. Uh, It's super cool. You're going to love it. Uh, I saw a lot of guesses on Twitter already, uh, but that video was great. And then we had a party after the PlayStation uh, showcase, and it was awesome. It was themed like Marvel's Spider-Man's New York. There were rats. I took a lot of photos of the fake rats, very authentically New York with the rats. There were dumpsters, taxi cabs, a lot of signage from New York, like Osborne for Mayor or uh, some graffiti or uh, J. Jonah Jameson. There were billboards and signs for the Daily Bugle. People got to actually play the game for the first time, and it was amazing watching people's reactions, uh, coming off of the game, and immediately being like, oh my gosh, I did this or I did that. And everybody has a different way that they want to play this. Some of them go straight to the swinging, some of them straight to you know web shooting, and, and some of them just to combat with thugs, some of them to fighting the villains because you can get to actually go against Shocker. Some of them wanted to just explore the open world and find collectibles because you can go around in this demo and, and find like Peter Parker's backpack or various different things. And it was really, really neat for fans who have not had any experience with it actually get their hands on it. And that's what's happening at the show floor this week or has happened by the time you guys are listening to this here on uh, the show floor in the PlayStation booth. It's really cool. We, we did a different setup for Marvel's New York, actually kind of even cooler and better. Uh, Spider-Man is up high looking over everything. 
you've got billboards for Osborne for Mayor, for the Daily Bugle, tons of kiosks for fans to play the game, uh, giveaways. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about the giveaways, the Daily Bugle uh, giveaway. It was a full newspaper, uh, full-ish. I mean, it's like uh, eight pages, uh, but it's full newspaper size. It's incredible, very big tabloid uh, with stories, bylines, Ben Yurick, there's, uh, you know, Cat Farrell, uh, which was really neat. That was a cool one I was not expecting to see. Mary Jane Watson, little Miles Morales in the newspaper. I posted some pictures on my social. If you have not seen it already, you can see all the pictures of what the Daily Bugle looked like and the content therein. That was really neat. Those were spread around the, uh, the convention center and outside of it. Man, yeah, it's just a really good time. E3 is one of my favorite weeks of the year just because it's excitement. I love video games so much and, and it's people coming together and playing them and announcements and news and hype, 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 hype. So I'm sure I'll be talking about all this stuff and we'll be talking about much, much more for Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 coming soon. There are gonna be some interviews coming your way. Just finished up uh, as I'm recording this one, talking to Bill Roseman and Brian Intahar from Marvel Games and Insomniac Games respectively. And uh, we had a great conversation. Make sure you hashtag those two scoops of butts. Uh, the butt talk is real and it is wonderful. You guys are gonna dig that. Uh, also, we're talking with James Stevenson from Insomniac Games, uh, Eric Monticelli from Marvel Games. It's great, it's gonna be fun. Lots of content for you guys and hopefully uh, you've already pre-ordered it. If you haven't, go do it now cause the game's gonna be terrific. I'll be back next week. Uh, all right, back to your regularly scheduled normal twin? Question mark? Thank you, Ryan, for your picks of the week. Now let's talk about what is happening this week in Marvel news. We have lots of comics news. Oh, yeah. We had lots of comics announced, a lot of creative teams announced this week on Marvel.com. Mm -hmm. And what did you cover, Tucker? We, we kind of split duties this week. We did. I, I had a couple stories. You had a couple stories. I started things with uh, the big, giant, awesome, the Iceman cometh again. So exciting. News. Uh, Iceman, the ongoing series, is back. Written by Cena Grace with art by Nathan Stockman. Coming at you this September. It's really cool that, you know, Marvel Comics has heard the fans and the yeah. fans loved Iceman so much. And similarly, yes. this is your first story that we, that we were just about to talk about. That's right. There's another book that's coming back. Yes, another one backed by popular demand because you, the fans, asked for it is The Unstoppable Wasp. Written by Jeremy Whitley with art by Guru Hero. It's really going to be so much fun to see Nadia Van Dyne back. And we, I have a great interview with Jeremy Whitley on the site. And he obviously can't tell us everything. He wouldn't want to tell us everything because then why are we tuning in? Mm -hmm. Why are we buying the issue? But uh, that's another one that's out actually October 3rd. Nice. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, the fans wanted these characters back and they are coming back. Yeah, I mean, the, these are two of like the best series in recent years. And, you know, critics love them. Readers love them. They became like super fast and kind of unlikely fan favorites. But it just speaks to the power of those stories that, uh, you know, there's something inevitable about them, you know, um, something irresistible. And, and they're back. And it's so, so, so exciting. The other story that I covered this week is the announcement of Thanos Legacy. Oh, Oh, Speaking of Father's Day. Boy, yeah. Speaking of Father's Day. <laughs> um, I uh, spoke with Donnie Cates, who is co-writing with Jerry Duggan, this story that that connects essentially Donnie's 
Thanos wins arc uh, that he did in the Thanos ongoing series with Infinity Wars and so much action going on in there. It's going to be awesome. Look, longtime listener of the show will know Mm -hmm. my adoration for Mr. DC, Mr. Don. (laughs) And so immediately when when we saw that these stories uh, needed some coverage, I jumped on that one and immediately wrote an all caps email to Donnie saying, Hi, hi, hi. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> what's up? Uh, like, uh, c- c- can you tell me about this thing? Um, uh, but no, Donnie is the best. And uh, you should check out that interview and, and get all the information you need on Thanos Legacy on Marvel.com. Yeah. Donnie Cates has been writing so much amazing stuff lately that, like, he's starting to become a favorite of mine. Yeah. Like, starting with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I loved his run on Doctor Strange. That last issue, I'm still... I still think about it because it still makes me laugh. Yeah. But also Venom. I know. Venom dude. number one is so good. Ooh, and this week, Venom number two yes. was insane. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, man. We, we spoke about Venom, uh, on the, Venom on number Marvel's two the pull list. on Marvel's pull list. And uh, yeah, it just makes me giddy oh, just thinking about it. It's such good stuff. I can't wait to see what else. I just, I can't, I can't wait for some funny Don Cates because Doctor Strange was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. I mean, yeah. He's so versatile. And then there was one more story that, that you that you had covered this yes. week. Yes. Thor. If any of you read Thor number one this week, that's your pick of the week this week, Tucker. Yeah. Picking up in issue five, in Thor number five, is the announcement of the creative team of Jason Aaron and mm-hmm. artist Christian Ward. Oh, man. So exciting. Christian Ward, of course, you know, did the art for what I think already is going down as a landmark legendary series with Saladin Ahmed in Black Bolt and to see him just go into like this cosmic awesome epic Thor action is just it's a dream come true. I mean that's like everything you could possibly ask for is space and mythology but also we have one more comic to talk about and that is Oh yeah you're right. Our Asgardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Asgardians of the Galaxy brought to you by Colin Bunn and Matteo Lali. It's coming this September, kind of spinning out of the events of Infinity Wars. The Guardians of the Galaxy are no more. What? Holy cow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's pretty insane. And, you know, I'm so excited to see how this works out and what this means. But, yeah, it's a new crew. It's Angela, Valkyrie, Scourge, the Executioner, Throg. That's Frog Thor. Frog Thor. Thor Frog. It's a tiny frog, and he speaks in that very regal language with his very regal font. I cannot wait for Throg action in Asgardians of the Galaxy. And then we also have Thunderstrike and the Destroyer. So, it's yeah, it's going to be super different. And uh, what's the most interesting element about this so far is that in my interview with Cullen, which is on Marvel.com right now, he said that he had this idea like years ago, like three years ago, I think he said. And they've just been waiting for the right moment to do this. And they they found that opportunity with Infinity Wars. So, it's going to be really, really cool to see how this long gestating story comes to life. Some more space stuff. So speaking of comics, Father's Day is coming up. Father's Day comics. Here's here's a question. Father's Day this Sunday, right? This Sunday. I should I should get that straight. But who's your favorite comic dad? Right now? Yeah. We have a calendar that's on some of our desks and the the character who is on Father's Day is Luke Cage. Oh <laughs> yeah. I think he's not the one of the first characters right, that comes yeah. to mind. 
But uh, I find it really sweet that yeah. Luke Cage and, you know, Jessica Jones have a little girl named Danielle yeah. who they named after Danny Rand. Oh, yeah. And Luke Cage is a daddy. He's a sweet daddy. <laughs> That's a really good answer. It's cute. Yeah. I just, he's a big, tough guy, but he's, he's like the best dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and on this Father's Day, which is on, again, remind me. This Sunday. This Sunday. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you you didn't send a card, did you? <laughs> um, this Father's Day, you can celebrate Marvel Comics with free posters. Free stuff. Coloring pages and more for you and your family uh, during our special Father's Day Spectacular. And uh, you can get all that at your local comic book shop. We'll have a link yes. on marvel.com for your comic book shop Absolutely. locator. But um, yeah, it's a great way to 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 celebrate the holiday and to, yeah. to celebrate all these great, there's a great bunch of Marvel dads. So if you have forgotten your card, there are other options for Father's Day. Thanks to our advertiser this week, Sideshow. Sideshow is turning up the heat in Hell's Kitchen with two new luxury quarter scale Marvel collectibles. Talking about Daredevil, Daredevil and Elektra. Okay, yeah. I I can see... Yeah, like Daredevil. Yeah, the dads. This is this is like dad, like dad office territory. Yeah, there you go. What dad wouldn't like a big Daredevil and Electra statue sitting on their desk? Yeah, the Daredevil premium format figure and Electra premium format figure are both intricately sculpted, which dads love. Love the intricate sculpting. Dads love intricacies, and they have complementary bases and modern interpretations of their iconic red costumes each armed with their unique crime-fighting weapons. And dads love crime-fighting as well. Yeah, and some of them even like weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Both Daredevil and Elektra are now available for pre-order from Sideshow. Visit sideshow.com slash defenders to add this unstoppable duo to your Marvel collection. Speaking of dads, we had a great episode of Eat the Universe this week. We sure did. uh, Dan Soder and Jay Okerson joined Justin Warner, and they made a a Punisher-inspired Italian wedding soup. Yes. It looks really good. It looks really good, and it was... This is one of my favorite episodes so far. They're, those two guys are so, so funny. They're really, really funny. Yeah. yeah. You learn how to make a broth... I don't know how to create food. I can cook because I know how to read. Right. But um, <laughs> I can't think of things. Right. I mean, we, we mentioned uh, the new Iceman artist, Nathan Stockman. Well, Justin Warner's your real Stockman. Oh, I see. <laughs> know what, what I'm saying? Yeah. Look what he did. Woo, moving swiftly on. So, yeah, that's another great thing to check out on Marvel.com. Go there. Now, there's so much stuff on the site this week. Tons of stuff. Yeah. So, go check it out. So, as we have mentioned a few times, Ryan is at E3 covering some amazing gaming news, Mm -hmm. and he took the time to speak to Bill Roseman, Executive Creative Director of Marvel Games, and Brian Intihar, Insomniac Creative Director of Marvel Spider-Man. Ryan, tell us all about this amazing game. Brian Intihar, Bill Roseman, the masterminds behind Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4, but not the only people working no, on it. No, no. Amazing no. team. Team yeah. effort. Yes. Uh, like, we watching. assembled, we assembled, and we came together. I like that. Yeah. You, you web them all together yeah. into one big yeah. family. And it's really great, people's reactions, right? Like, this yeah. is the first time so many people are playing the game. It is so fun, and you watch people's smiles as they're yeah. playing, and then they get off, and it's just like, we interviewed some people, they're like, that was cool, man. This yeah. is like on cloud the, nine. The Spider-Man days. I think the big thing for everybody is like, it, the first question is, well, is this swinging any good? Like, that's the number one thing people want. Like, they want to be able to just feel like Spider-Man right away. And I think that's the thing that 
the reactions I've been seeing and watching is like, oh yeah, it feels as good as we were hoping it would, or even better. So I think that's a testament to the team. I mean, they, you know, we, it's like literally the first thing we worked on and we're still working on it and it feels like it's, it's really paying off. And last night was kind of historic for a couple reasons. You know, number one, we had held back for the longest time some of the secrets of the game. Oh, yeah. And we've been having the spotlight right on Mr. Negative. Yeah. Because he has a huge role in the game. But we were keeping kind of these cards up our sleeves. And last night we just laid four new ones down yeah. on the table. Yeah. So I think everyone was pretty amazed, like, oh, my gosh, not only is this kind of new villain that I don't know about, but he looks really cool, but, oh, yeah. look at these classic, yeah. four classic Spider-Man villains. And then, as, as, as Brian said, it's the first time people got to outside of Insomniac and Marvel get their hands yeah. on the game, and they were able to be public about it immediately. Yeah, which is frightening as heck. <laughs> but I think that you know, coming out after last E3, you know, obviously Mr. Negative is not as well known as some of those traditional yeah. I mean, the, those villains that we showed last night. Or we've been in the comics for a long time, right? Yeah. And Mr. Negative is very new compared to them. Weeks leading up to E3, people were like, I hope they show one new villain. And I was like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> boy, ladies and gentlemen, we have would more you like than just, four? <laughs> would you like a lot more? And to tease another one that, you know, there's obviously uh, another character that uh, we teased. But that's all we'll leave at that. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so we, we get to the raft, which was cool in and of itself. Like, that is yeah. that is a big deal. Like, Bill, obviously, yeah. you know, the raft is a, an important part of Marvel lore. I, and I think the Insomniac team, Jacinda, Chu, and the crew did an awesome job of designing it so that if you, if you know what the raft is, it's very recognizable. If you don't, you see, oh, it's this prison, but it's completely away from Manhattan, and it's yeah. like it's an island, it's yeah. surrounded by water, so that in and of itself is just such a cool set piece, and I think the team just knocked it out of the park. And if you really don't know, you see the word raft on the side, that helps. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, helps. Yeah. We, we take, we take, you know, we, we, we learn yeah. from our friends in other divisions, so in, hey, in comics, what do they do? You have the little floating yeah. locator text, yeah. so hey, yeah. you, you, know, you know where you are, through dialogue, yeah. we try and do everything we can yeah. so people aren't confused. Yeah. There may be mysteries, but we don't want to wonder, like, where am I? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, a lot of us, we obviously know the comics and the lore really well, but, like, there's a, hopefully a lot of people who are playing this game who are not, like, I know every single character, their background, what issue they appeared in, even things like the raft. Like, that's not everybody's going to know. It. Obviously, some people saw it in Civil War. This one looks different. But I think it was really important. We try to make sure that we educate people about our Marvel Universe, our Spider-Man Universe, as when they're playing because they're not, like, always feels too insider baseball kind of thing. Yeah. We definitely want to avoid that as much as possible. And the environment was great. This is one of the first times people were really seeing, oh, they have night. Oh, my yeah. gosh, it's raining. Yeah. And we, we talk about all the time, how can we use weather as a storytelling element yeah. to set the stage and, like, okay, prison break, raft, this is serious. It's yeah. going to be night and it's raining. Oh, my gosh, here we go. Yeah. It just shows another side of the game that we haven't been able to show yet. Obviously, it's very, very super villain driven. <laughs> but just, like, the atmosphere... Um, the stakes are being raised. I mean, we you know we sat down with Game Informer and a couple other publications. We talked about this is really Peter's next coming of age story, his journey becoming a young adult, and the idea that he's gonna be pushed more, not only more physically but emotionally than before. And this is kind of you're seeing the physical part. And as when people pick up the game, they're gonna see that whole emotional arc as well. Yeah. Screw emotions. I want to talk about the weather for oh, a second. Uh, because, right. uh, to the rain. Yeah, we were st we were standing outside. There's a giant screen in the, awesome. the PlayStation booth. And it looks yes. amazing. It's 4K. It's got to be 4K. Because it's so detailed. And uh, Angelique Rocher, who's here with me, we're filming a bunch of stuff. She was like, did you see the rain on his butt, on his shoes, on his yeah. arms? And I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at all of that. So that's, 
that's the tech team. They, you know, our character team, our, our shader artists, everybody, that came on really late. But the whole time I saw that on the big screen, I was just thinking, man, I'd love to play it on that big screen. Yep. <laughs> that was old. Yep. I was thinking, I was like, yeah, it was, it was, looked so cool. Like, I, my favorite part was actually when you're swinging and he goes under a light and then you see the rain like coming down. Yeah. And, oh, that was, that's the stuff I geek out about. I'm so glad you mentioned that Angelique noticed how nice the rain looked on Spider-Man's butt. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because the team, we yes. worked on his butt, and I'm doing this because we always had in our mind two scoops. <laughs> he's a character. He's jumping. He's perching. He's always working his glutes. Yeah. He's Peter Two Scoops Parker. Well, did, did you? I don't know if you saw, but so Jacinda Chu, our art director, she's on Twitter, and so is our lead character, artist, Gavin Golden. And somebody tweeted at them last night going, Spider-Man's butt looks really good. Yes! <laughs> and that's like a joke in the office. Yes! talking about his butt a lot. And you know, I, was, I, like, I was so delirious last night, I didn't get a chance to respond, but I was like, there, there but we that's, go. That's, I mean, it, it sounds silly, but that's part of the detailing and, again, storytelling through design when we were talking about not only Spider-Man's costume, but what should his body look like? Yeah. And how muscular should be, he, he be, Bo, but he's not bulky, he's fit. Yeah. Why? Because we're communicating. He's agile. He's yeah. jumping around. That plays right into the gameplay. Yeah. So imagine you've never encountered Spider-Man before. I don't know how, but if you haven't, you take one look at him and you're like, I get what he's about. He's well fit. He is fit. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was that well fit. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hashtag two scoops. Two yeah. scoops. Uh, also in the raft, I feel like you guys are nefarious and through more Easter eggs mm. into that because there's this one dude who comes out. I think he's like blue, and I was like, it went by so fast. I was like, who is that? And I was like, I, Super Max Prison Man. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some really years. cool stuff. I it's, love that. It's, it's packed to the gills with uh, some are. I'll say there are named people. Some are all new characters because yeah. we have we have that freedom and and we take it very seriously that we are allowed to. Um, you know, populate the Spider-Man game with new characters. So um, some of these superhuman prisoners have never appeared anywhere else before. Yeah. What did uh, what about the designs? Because I really like the new designs for the villains that we see. We see Rhino. It looked like, am I right? He, you could see some of his the side of his body. Yeah. That was yeah. really neat. The 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 style. Of, skin of, is in. That's what we say. Skin, skin is, is in. in. Yeah. We've got uh, also Vulture. He Vulture? looked cool. Yeah. Uh, Electro. Electro was really neat. And like, did you notice the star? And the scar? Yeah. 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 So that's a good point for for all the villains. We sat down and just with Spider Man, we're like, okay, how can we um, give our take? How can the Insomniac designers jump in and really design? their version of the character, so that when you see it, you're like, well, I've never seen that Electro before. Oh, but that's him. Yeah. And so we really boiled down, well, what makes Electro Electro and not an electrically powered supervillain? Yeah. So we talked about key colors. So you'll see some of the green and the yellow. You'll see in the design of the vest, there's sort of a lightning bolt shape. And for the head, we're like, well, could we do the mask? And we tried different things, and it wasn't quite working. And then we kind of looked at what they did in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic book series, and they had just sort of lines. And then we said, how can we take that a step further? And then in working with Christos, Gage, and John Paquette, uh, the writers on the game, we created whole backstories yeah. for all the villains. And so for Electro, the idea is, perhaps in his origin... When he got his powers, the electricity sh shocked his face and burnt him. And so the scars on his face is in the shape of his mask. So like, how can we get these Charming. classic design elements, make them in a more modern way, yeah. and make it very unique 
for the game. Yeah. But that goes along to what you guys have been doing. Like that Spider-Man, like yeah. the design that you yes. guys put together, that's the aesthetic and I yeah. think that works so well. I think the other thing um, is funny. I was, was on Twitter last night and someone took a still of the, the shot where... They're all around him. Yeah, they're all around him and, Pete, and Pete's, Pete's like kind of looking up at the, the unknown figure. But what was really cool is even though it's darker area, but like you had like the very stark white of Mr. Negative. Mm-hmm. You saw the green of Vulture, the green of Scorpion, the Electro yellow, the, the gray silver of Rhino. Like it was very, it's still colorful. It still felt like a Marvel, right. uh, a Marvel game, an Insomniac game, even in, and then you had obviously the blue and the red of Spider-Man. Just so it felt like even though we were, it's kind of, a, I'll call it a darker uh, situation, it still has the pop that we are, we're known for, right. so it was really cool. Yeah. And, and, and the original creators were so brilliant in picking the colors, the color language, the color blocking, not making too many colors on a character. And they were very smart in making sure that usually when Spider-Man fought a villain, no one else was red and blue. They were all like green, purple, gray like the rhino. Yeah. And that was done very smartly. So you know, even a young reader looking at a very small panel, you can tell, yeah. here's a good guy, there's a bad guy. Yeah. So we. Wanted to embrace that, and we we're so lucky to inherit uh, this, this, these, these wonderful toys. But again, the team did their own thing, added to it. Uh, you mentioned earlier Rhino, where you see a little of his skin. There's a whole story behind how he and Scorpion both got their suits. Yeah, and they're they're two villains who um, longtime uh, readers and fans know they're they're trapped in their suits. Their suits were made for them, and they can't get out of yeah. them. So there's a whole sort of Techno-biological construction. How do they pee and to, go to the bathroom? There's a, there's a hatch. Yeah. There's hatches. You got it all figured Form out. Form follows function. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> last night we were talking, and you mentioned that the, the game is content complete. What does that mean for, for you guys and for our uh, listeners? That means know? that I'm not allowed to add new stuff to the game anymore. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> it, it essentially it's like you can play the game from beginning to end. We're not, like, adding new quests or missions or characters or anything like that. We're just, it's all there. Now it's all about polishing it, fixing the bugs, looking at like balance of difficulty, um, making sure it's not too frustrating or it's challenging enough. Just pulling all those levers while fixing a ton of ton of bugs, yeah. um, and then even little things like this timing of this VO, move it two seconds earlier, and like the, like the, all those things that timing matters a lot, especially with humor, yeah. right? We want to mm-hmm. nail that. Like for example, like there was a behind the curtain is like there was a at the very beginning of the shocker fight. Spider-Man's making jokes, but for some reason it was getting cut off, right? So, like, we got to f- fix all those little things. And uh, all, those, all those little those twists and turns, uh, that's what makes the difference from a good game to a great game. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. Bill, you've been making yes. comics for 20 years. Was yes, it like sir. making a video game and seeing it, you know, come to fruition? Because we're three months out. Three months is generally about the amount of time it takes to make a comic book. Right. A single issue. Right. How, is it, how are you feeling? Yeah. What's, the, what's the process? Three months to three years, it's all the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it is mind-blowing. One of the main reasons I came to Marvel Games three, almost four years ago, uh, not only did I believe in the vision of my boss, Jeong, he wanted to unite the best characters with the best studios and because the best fans deserve it. I believed in that vision, and I knew, I knew the potential of the amount of people that would be able to get their hands on this. I just, I wanted to be a part of that. And I, I wanted to make sure that this era of Marvel games was gonna be the best it could be. And I just wanted to do, hopefully take whatever I learned making comics and kind of bring it to games and just help focus on, on, on story and character and make it authentic. But most importantly, when I heard who we were teaming with, it's like, 
had to be a part of that. And that's, and that's part of the joy of creating anything, whether it's a comic book or a game, it's that joy of collaborating, of working with the creators, they become friends, you create this thing that you've been just working so hard on and pouring everything in, and it's a whole, like making a comic it, games, it's a team effort. It's, it's hundreds yeah. of people. We can't do it without everyone yeah. uh, doing their job. And, and, and I love how, just like in comics, each creator is an expert in, in that one thing they do. Just like in games, there, there are all these people and they're pros and they're the best at what they've been asked to do. So it's amazing just to see the team come together to bring all their talent and now finally being able to release it to the world. And it's like when you put a comic out and you start looking at the reviews and you're like, well, I shouldn't care too much about the reviews. I, I know we did our best and the careers were awesome, but still you want people to love your baby. Yes. <laughs> so here we are, we're presenting our baby to the world and I think they like our baby. Yeah. Do you guys get to take the game home or is it all like, you know, play it in the office and then you have to separate yourself? Uh, I take it home a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ha- I, mean I, I have to. I mm-hmm. mean, you can sit in the office and play, but sometimes taking the game home and actually playing in your living room, your family room or something, and just playing it like everybody else would mm-hmm. gives you a really different perspective on the game. Like, I got to go through weeks of, okay, I'm going to play the game, and every five minutes I'm going to write a note, all right? And that's one way to kind of really get specific with the details. But then sometimes I actually purposely don't have my laptop on. I actually try to keep my phone away and then just play for a couple hours like anybody would at, when they ship the game because it, it provides a different perspective on the game. You're like, normally I would write this up, but in the grand scheme of things, it's okay. Like it's it, not. It's like it's like this is how it, the ebb and flow of the, mm-hmm. the experience will be. So sometimes it's actually good to remove yourself from the office environment where you're looking at your emails every five seconds. You got people coming by because there's a lot of people want to talk, um, and then just not getting trapped into the. I, I see this bug. I got to write it because you know we have a lot of people who are, who are also looking at that. And um, when you trust your team to, to do their job, you can just experience the game and look at it from more of that that 5,000, 10,000 foot view. And yeah. I will say that's when the magic, I see the magic is when I just play it like, a, like everybody will on September 7th. Then you start to see, okay, hey, if we just, this big picture idea, if we just turn it this way, just add a little thing, and I can usually remember that, I don't have to write it down, that can make, the, that can make a big difference. So it's just a different way of, of playing and reviewing the game. Yeah. Do you get to play it at home? Uh, I played it primarily at the office. I like I actually like to watch people play a lot, mm-hmm. so then I can really look into um, the environment behind them. I'm looking at signs. I'm like, oh, is you know, here's a sign. Can we make this more not of an Easter egg, but more of a Marvel building block? Can we make it a, an existing yeah. Marvel company? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the graffiti. I'm just looking at just all the details, what's been done, what could be done, and and learning from watching the really skilled uh, people play and seeing how innovative they can be. Um, you're talking about the uh, different reporters and stuff. Put out the Daily Bugle with yeah. E3, which is super cool. Extra, extra, read all about it. <laughs> I This, to me, is just, I love it. Because I'm, I'm a journalism junkie. When I was in high school and college, you know, I didn't want to be Spider-Man. I wanted to be Peter Parker. I wanted to go and live in the city and work for a paper and and run after scoops. And what's so cool about uh, this paper, and, and it's beautiful, large size, and the print is so crisp. This paper is very meta in that it's created to be uh, an issue of the Daily Bugle as you would pick up if you lived in Marvel's New York. 
So everything, all the photos, the headlines, the bylines, oh, Ben Yurick, they're all really super authentic to the Daily Bugle. So I just love that it's, it's set within the universe. Uh, it introduces you to different characters. Um, I, I saw a neat little uh, Easter egg. There's a very famous author oh, hey, in the Marvel a, Universe. There's an ad for a book, Millennial Visions, written by an author, Bill Roseman. I, I got to read. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a big hit. I got to read that. <laughs> I heard he's not even going to have his full-time job. He's going to quit it and just, you know, just you know, the royalties. Yeah, it's filled as much as we can with Easter eggs, with authentic uh, moments. And it just kind of shows, you know, the attention to detail and the love that Insomniac and Marvel Games has for the characters. We want, we want it to feel real, and we want uh, all the people who love Spider-Man to love everything about it. Yeah, that's full of Easter eggs. And yes. this, what fans are seeing here at E3 and playing and checking out for the first time is the open world for the first yeah. time. And that seems like it's full of Easter eggs, it's full of collectibles, yeah. it's full of really cool stuff. Yeah. The people that I talked to who played last night were just surprised that, like, oh, like, what do I do now? There's everything. I can There's go so see much it. to do. Oh, yeah. ah, ah. Well, you know, last year was no one believed that we were actually, it was an open world game. They're like, oh, it's just too, I'm like, guys, you can't make a Spider-Man game without swinging around New York City. So what was really cool was we kind of showed, we showed both sides of the game. A main story mission, like the raft, where it's very, you know, very spectacle driven. But at the same time, in between those moments, you can just explore the open world, explore New York City. And that's what we wanted people just get in there, swing around, whether it's stopping crimes, doing doing challenges, taking down a Fisk base or an inner demon base, or even finding your old backpacks and little collectibles that tell you more about the world. Like one thing we you, you don't do in the demo, but you'll do in the game is that every time you find a collectible and then you go to like the the viewer and the pause menu, people actually talk about that item and what it, how it relates to him and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it, it's all those details. Those are really it, fun, though, right? And it was great going over the list. And what about this? And yeah. about this? And, yeah. and, and it's all those little details that make it feel real. Yeah. And just to tie, like, oh, in the backpack, here's this Crusher Hogan thing. Oh, that's the name I saw. Oh, in his apartment, yeah. there's a Crusher Hogan yeah. versus the Spider yeah. Wrestling. Big Apple Wrestling poster. Yeah. And that's a nod to his, you know, his origin. Before he became a hero, he tried to make some money by being a wrestler. And, yeah. and, we're, and we're big wrestling heads, so I'm like, sure. we, we, gotta, we gotta put that yeah, in Yeah, we, we were doing a lot of uh, Ric Flair gifts yesterday. Woo! Was, yeah. I think the thing that we've always talked about since the very beginning was, as much as we want to deliver the superhero fantasy, it's as important, or if not even more important, to deliver the human story. Because I think that's what makes Marvel Anything Marvel, whether it's a comic, whether it's a TV show, or it's a movie, that's what separates it from other worlds that people are building. And it was funny, two weeks ago, I was reviewing the very end of the game, and it's a very big ending. And there were things that were happening that, yes, you're giving your superhero fantasy, but there was also the, we got the soap opera, right? Yeah. And, like, there was that moment, and it was still, there's a couple of bugs here and there, and I was, I, I was just sad to myself, I go, Oh yeah, we're gonna do it. Like, and that felt like I rarely ever think that because I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I was just like, oh yeah, I think we're gonna do it. And it was really pretty awesome to kind of have that moment where it all kind of starting to gel and work, and the, like the music coming in. And at this point, sometimes where all you see is the bugs, it was nice to have that moment of clarity where like it's gonna be pretty special. You know, at least I mean, maybe I'm drinking my own Kool Aid, but um, I thought it was pretty. It was pretty cool. It's awesome. Guys, thank you for uh, talking with me. Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 comes out September 7th, 2018. No, you're going to play it. Just, you're going to play it. <laughs> you have to play it. Thank you, Ryan, so much. This is going to be an awesome game. We cannot wait for Marvel Spider-Man to drop in September.
as excited as I am, my little brother is a oh. mega giant uh, Spider-Man fan. He's also a huge gamer, and I know, like, he's just he just cannot stand the weight. He's so excited. Get those butt imprints on your couch, <laughs> molded guys. Yeah. You're gonna be there for a long time. So we do this week in Marvel for a lot of reasons, but one of those reasons is you guys, the fans, the listeners, and we love to hear from you. So this week, let's read some of your questions and comments. So let's start with an email. This email is from the best hype man ever. That sounds great. Just looking at who it's from, already going to be great. We can already tell you support us greatly. So it says, hey, Agent M, wanted to write and let you know that I enjoy the heck out of this podcast. Apologies for censorship. Can you guys shout out Genesis Comics in Ronkonkoma on Long Island? Ronkonkoma. Ronkonkoma. Actually, if you're from Long Island as I am, it's Ronkonkoma. 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 They opened less than a year ago, and they are awesome. I got a pull list from them, and they are spectacular. Thanks so much. I threw you five stars, too. Thanks, and keep up the awesome work. Thank you, best hype man ever, and thank you, Genesis Comics in Ronkonkoma. Maybe I'll stop by one yeah, weekend. I'll jump on the L-I-R-R. The lure. Get off at Ronkonkoma. Get off at Ronkonkoma. Moving into tweets, we have one from a Cheris Pollard. Who says, at AGM, wow, you're right. Ant Man and the Wasp this week is so, so gorgeous. I totally agree. Yes. Uh, and did write by my Nadia, too. I even like Scott. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cheris, clearly a Nadia Van Dyne fan. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I mean, it's a big week. I mean, it's a big week for you with, uh, with the Unstoppable Wasp news, but also with Ant Man and the Wasp moving forward. So good. Okay, the tech lord writes, in case anyone else is looking for a comic to read their daughters at bedtime, I think X song featuring a very gem-looking Dazzler was perfect. Totally agree. Totally yeah, agree. And thanks a... for the gem shout-out, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was such a fun little one-off issue. Love Dazzler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so good. And it's a really good lesson about tolerance. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's... inclusivity. Yeah, it's really, really Loved awesome it. stuff um, about mutants, about the Inhumans. Really, yeah, really, really getting awesome along. story from Magdalene Visaggio. Uh, Simon Williams at Simon Seb says, My Marvel Insider Wish, this is a, a, a question that at Marvel tweeted out. We spoke about it a little bit on Marvel's The Pull List earlier this week. Yes. Uh, Simon says, Is an all-expensive paid trip to the next writer's retreat? Well, oh, same dude. It happens down the hallway from us here at Marvel HQ. Ugh. Um, and we're just like little cups to the door, you know, like trying to drop some eaves. Yeah, there's so much just awesome energy in that room. Really, really, really cool. Very, very cool indeed. Our next Marvel Insider Wish, which if you have one, it's hashtag Marvel Insider Wish, is from John Paul D. Lopez, who says, My Marvel Insider Wish is to be able to get to be on This Week in Marvel with Agent M and Jamie Frevely and Lorraine Sink and Langston Belton as I get to gush about my pick of the week for that week. It's a good dream. It's a good dream. dream You know what? I have the same dream. Guess what? We made it come true. <laughs> we made it come true this week. We uh, totally did it for you. Oh, yeah. Um, moving on, uh, Penelope Cat says, So many great Marvel comics out on June 6th, including some great first issues. Totally agree there. Uh, yeah. My twim of the week has to be Immortal Hulk, though. Al Ewing made the character feel familiar and new at the same time, and this may be the best work I've seen from artist Joe Bennett. I Dude. just had my freak out about that book mm-hmm. last week. It is so incredible. We all did. Oh, we Penelope, were... you nailed it. On yeah. Just, oh, cannot talk enough about that book. Can't wait moving forward. Speak in our language, Penelope Cat. 
Kelsey Knobloch says that this week in Marvel crew wanted to see Marvel tattoos, so here's a quick photo of my Captain America tat that reminds me to be the best person I can be and support truth, justice, and freedom. And it's a very cool piece, very cool upper arm piece. It's your Captain America A. Thank you so much for writing us at This Week in Marvel. And we have a sweepstakes. It's Marvel Studios' 10 years of fandom sweepstakes. Marvel Studios' 10th anniversary celebrates a decade of Marvel Studios films, starting with Iron Man, released in 2008, through to the Avengers' untitled film in 2019. Join Disney Movie Rewards in celebrating 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with special content, trivia, and more on www.marvelstudios10.com. It's more than an anniversary. Enter the Marvel Studios 10 Years of Fandom Sweepstakes for a chance to win a private screening for you and up to 100 friends to see Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp at your closest regal cinema. The Marvel Studios' 10 Years of Fandom Sweepstakes will run through October 31st, 2018, with new heroic prizes announced on June 29th and July 31st. Enter now at www.marvelstudios10.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes Phase 1 started June 4th, 2018, and it ends on June 28th, 2018. Open to select Disney Movie Rewards members who are legal residents of the United States in Washington, D.C. Visit marvel.com for complete eligibility, free method of entry, odds, and rules. Void in North Dakota, South Dakota, and where prohibited. That is our show. Next week, Ryan will be back to tell us all about everything he learned at E3. Yeah, well, it was a great <laughs> week of collaboration. It was. Yeah. I think we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us. You can find me on Twitter at Jamie Frevely. And I'm at Tucker Marcus with a K. With a K. This is Marvel. Your Universe. <laughs>